Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagged and Barcast, episode number 163. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. Hey, now we're sitting in the order that we actually introduce hey, ourselves. It's hey. true. Oh, we, we sat in the same order. It just went it just counterclockwise. Went a, oh. No, clockwise instead of counterclockwise. Not like counterclockwise. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what order we sit in because we always do the same segments in the same order every week. That's right. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we go into the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out March 13th. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're bringing you our comic book March Madness. We're going Marvel versus DC with some of our favorite writers and artists going head-to-head. Who will come out on top? Wait, did you guys want the bracket to be Marvel writers versus DC writers? No, it goes no, it okay. go Marvel and then and then Okay, DC so they're goes, two different conferences. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like we did last year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's supposed to be exactly like what we did last year. Okay. Just making sure that not only I understood, but our listeners understood. There we go. Well, they understand when we got to it. And we're going to get to drinking cuz like with every episode and every day in life, we always start off with drinking. That's right, before I get behind any wheel. Yeah, well, <laughs> How else are you going to be confident enough to drive? you got to take a drink first. That's horrible. Don't do that. I do not with our, support that. Especially if you're underage. <laughs> do not that's, support that's that. That's a callback joke to one of our Bag and Board Bites. That's right. We do comic book reviews. You can find them on our YouTube channel, Bag and Board. And if you show up to the studios and Paul's not here to let you in, you sit on the front deck and drink, too. That, that, that Founders was delicious. Was delicious. But the it Founders was also a very nice day. Check it out. It was a nice day. It was a good day. Um, but today we are drinking... Well, we're actually continuing our... Uh, we don't have a name for this March. St. Paddy's! It's St. Paddy's Oh, March. not just getting our Irish up? Eh, I don't like that. Our, can we call it our March to St. Patrick's Day? Hey! Yeah. I like that a lot better than Paul's! Yay! In your face! Um, every week... Not my fault, I'm not work, wearing my name. Every work, <laughs> I started laughing. Every week we brand new... Uh, brand new. I can't talk. I need, I need to drink more. Every week we bring you... An Irish stout and an Irish, Irish ale. ale. Uh, today we've got two actually from Ireland, and this is from Porterhouse Brewing. Uh, we were turned on to the, the Porterhouse from friend of the show, the big I, RZ. I actually told RZ about it before. No, well, fuck you. I'm, RZ gave me my first Porterhouse He actually stout. was the first one to buy it, because they are expensive. It's eighteen ninety nine for a four-pack, so you, oh. you are drinking a premium beer today. I should have been, you know, slowed down, enjoy my food. This is the last... <laughs> Paul, you're like halfway through yours. Oh, it's just very heady. It is, um, it's really nice. It's got a really good... Well, we're actually starting off with the Porterhouse Red Ale. It has a really nice just malt malt yeah. to it. A subtle malt. It's not like yeah. in, in your face like, ooh, dark stout. This is a red. This is... It's really smooth, really enjoyable to, to drink. Yeah, it's very good. It's you good know you're drinking beer. a... You're, it, it has... The right notes to it to let you know that you're drinking like a red ale. Yeah, it is. If you ever had a Killian's, that is a watered down, horrible version of this. Yeah, that I think that's a good way to put it. Um, this is four point four percent alcohol by volume. The one we had before this, just pre-recording the uh, <laughs> the founders, the founders curmudgeon was what nine point four. You said nine point eight. Nine point eight. And Paul didn't have one of those. I'm going to drink the one that we brought for Paul. It's okay. Because <laughs> it's can delicious. I can go during my lunch break at work and get, pick um, up some. Uh, roundabout, did you get that picture I sent you, Paul? No. On Facebook? Which one? Um, 
was it would have been the picture I sent you? Yes. Yes. We we are allowing that for for this competition too. Okay, then I will bring because yeah, that's that's what we figured. I wasn't sure if you guys were bringing it this week. Actually, pick it up. So I'll pick it up. No, it's an innocent gun, which you know we love. Aged in Irish whiskey barrels. Yeah, the thing is, like with their Independence Day, like special release, their Christmas one, and there was another one that I picked up, all of which didn't taste anything different than an innocent gun. Mm. So my hopes aren't very high for the Irish one that they do, have out. Do you know? Are they just brewing the same beer and just aging it in different I barrels? So. I think so. Well, that, that's no, an well, interesting like, experiment. Well, this though. is a. Yeah. Well, the last one I had was their porter. But it tasted like an innocent gun, and it wasn't, you know, <laughs> but it was supposed to be their porter. I guess it was a little bit more malty, but I couldn't really tell. Like, it was very translucent still. Like, it wasn't dark. Or uh, So this is supposed to be a stout that's aged, right? I didn't even, I didn't yeah, know. I didn't have that one. We just, we just, lo- no, he's talking about the Irish one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just. We just saw, we saw it, and we were gun. like. Oh, that'd that be great. Oh. I should just look at the picture you guys sent at me. Yeah, we, we could. Um, this is, back to the porterhouse, right? Very enjoyable. I think I, I would I put it up there as probably one of the better reds I've had. It's a better red. I can't say it's the best without having any more reds just close to it. I think one of the best reds I think we all ever had was the uh, Laguanita's red that we reviewed probably last year and during the summer. And that was really good. That knocked my socks I would, off. I would have to have it again. I vaguely remember really liking it, but this is solid. I, I'd give this a solid seven and a half. Yeah, I would go, um, let me take another sip here. I like it a lot. Has Randy had this one? Yes. Okay. He wasn't a fan. Okay, I was going to say, if he hasn't, you can take that other bottle that we got down there. But mm. Since he's had it. It has like a really it. nice kind of coffee coffee kind of afternotes to it. Um I think I I'm going to go with Paul and I'm going or uh, Chris and I'm going to give it um seven and a half also. Uh I put me down for an 8. It's just eight. really drinkable. It is nice. really drinkable. It's just it's got that nice bit of malt that lets you know you're drinking something, but it's and it sticks with you. It does it's not a ghost, but it's smooth enough yeah. to like not make you want to stop. You know, and, and it has just these really, really nice kind of coffee notes at the end. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like it a lot. I also like news, guys. Oh! Can I just say, no. I'm scrolling through uh, my Facebook looking for the picture you sent me. Yeah. I will believe a lot of things. Okay. That are posted from pictures posted on Facebook. I will believe that Nick Cage is a 400-year-old vampire. I will believe that picture. It, that's him. But I'm sorry, I will not believe that Bill Nye, the science guy, built a time machine and went back in time to free the slaves as Abraham Lincoln. won't believe that. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah, it's a Facebook picture that I just saw. I would have to Don't see like it. it. I did enjoy I follow... I'm going to it. I follow Bill Nye on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, he put a thing out in the fall, and it said chili outside, and it was just a pot of chili outside. <laughs> oh, oh, humor. Pun. All right, so... Um, Comic books. Let's get into this news. Yeah. Uh, I think some big news is Carrie Fisher has signed on for the next Star Wars movie. 
Um, Yay. Yay. He's got to pay for those drugs somehow. And uh, some... (laughs) What? (laughs) She used to have, like, a terrible drug habit. She had a lot of problems. The 80s. And she looks like shit now. Sorry, is... That, she doesn't uh, look as good as she did in Loverboy. I don't. I've never even seen that, so I cannot speak it's to that. Patrick Duffy playing a pizza delivery boy that needs to make extra money to go yeah, back to college no. and becomes a gigolo. No, she, she doesn't look that good anymore. <laughs> She's got she the was, same haircut. She was the girl that she was one of the ladies that he would uh, service. Service. There we go. Uh, then but would order the pizza with the extra anchovies. I think some of the bigger casting news is we might get Batman, Christian Bale, for the Justice League movie. I know. This happened right after we finished recording. I know. It did. Uh, and Last week. Christopher Nolan been brought on to produce and bring us a Justice League movie. And it's been rumored, and it's this la- Latino Latino review. review. Review, which I... It did. sounded like you were going to get racist there for a no, second. No, no. It's this Latino. It's the Latino, Latino guy <laughs> down at the car park. Which... Just yelling it to everyone. They they break a lot of this comic book news. They've been around since Brandon Roth getting cast as Superman. Yeah, they're, they're the first people to bring that out. And they're usually pretty spot on with this stuff. Um, But not the first people to out Brandon Roth. Is he gay? I'm pretty sure. I don't think I so. I, never, I don't know. I've never looked into it. I didn't think I'm pretty that sure was he's openly gay. Just because a man's good-looking Paul doesn't make him gay. <laughs> just, just because you find a man attractive, Paul. <laughs> uh, but but they've with Nolan being brought onto this. There's a lot of news to bring Bale back on, and Bale said the only reason he would ever play Batman again is with. Um, can't think of his Christopher name. Nolan. Christopher Nolan. So a lot of people are saying that they're bringing Bale back, and you may be seeing Bale at the end of Superman. I I think that's a good idea. I I appreciate that because they don't have enough time to introduce a new Batman if they want to get everything going. At, at this point, if they want to have Superman, Batman, and all these other characters in a Justice League movie, they need to get them introduced as soon as possible. If... For some reason, Superman just doesn't work, and they feel like they need to go back to the drawing board for Superman again. Are they going to postpone Justice League even more? You guys are so right. He's not gay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I pulled this. Don't apologize to us. Apologize to Brandon Routh. He's on BrandonRouth.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I'm going to go... It's all just blog posts like, guys, no. Paul, I'm not gay. <laughs> I, I clicked on Ask Brandon a question and said, first... If you're going to ask if I'm gay, no. I'm like, oh, okay, well, egg on my face. <laughs> no, no, I hit his bio, and it says, with uh, lives in uh, Los Angeles with his wife. Actress, Steve. Courtney Ford. I don't know who Courtney Ford is, but they're expecting their first baby like this summer. Woo! Woo, yay! Congratulations! Oh, I think it's going to be a super baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, but it it does make sense, but at the same time, do you want to see? We've had this. We've had this discussion before. But would you want to see Christian Bale back, or would you like to see Joseph Gordon Levitt as Batman? I'd like to see Christian Bale. Right. Christian Bale, because you're the one that said the next Batman movie you'd like to see 
Yeah, but if it's a Justice League movie, <laughs> I'd like to see Christian Bale. Well, not the next Batman movie. The next Batman movie that everybody semantics. Said, it is true though, because the next Batman movie, they said, yeah, they're done doing the Batman movies. They are, you know, they need to walk away from that project for a while. So yeah, I, I, Paul, they said they were going to bring it the reboot back in like 2015. No, I mean Christian Bale and also Christopher Nolan. They're like, yeah, we're kind of done with the Batman franchise for now. So if I wasn't going to get Christian Bale, I'd much rather get Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I hate three names. He's a a Ruth Oz winner, too. you got to throw fucking in there twice. No, no, I don't, because Mark Hamill should have won that. (laughs) (laughs) I voted for him. Me, too. I voted for Peter Jackson. We had just watched The Frighteners, too, and I'm like, this movie's still great. Um, also, in uh, some expanded universe kind of casting news, uh, Joss Whedon is at South by Southwest this weekend and has confirmed that, yes, Agent Coulson is in the S.H.I.E.L.D. series and he will be a mainstay in it. He is back. Which, Paul... Paul is the victor there. He's throwing his hands up in a Nixon-esque... Finally win! <laughs> but I, I, this just makes me so sad because that was such a strong point. Yeah, but it makes Nick Avengers. Fury such much, so much more of a badass. And his secrets that, have secrets. Which, I, oh, they can... I understand they can do that and get him in there. Like, and, I can appreciate that. I just don't like it. Yeah, it... it it's not the greatest thing, but it could just be because, I mean, the way they're probably going to play it is Nick Fury on those comms just saying he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That brings those guys together. That guy, he can be in the hospital, you know, he can be he in the could, hospital getting fixed up. Hooked up with an IV and like a teddy bear, like, hey, how's everyone doing? And like, we don't know. Exactly. You you don't know. And that's, we've all said that about comics. An, Unless you see that body, I mean, case in point, uh, the dark, the dark night. You can't say that Harvey Dent is dead. We never saw the bot. You know, we never saw that dead yeah. body. I always wanted them to bring him back. I thought that would be cool. Yeah. Um, it would have been kind of cool to have him, like, leading the uh, the crazy people. No, but um, like in the courtroom. Being yeah. the, like the prosecutor, or I, I, the... actually, I like them having a uh, Killian Murphy back though. Did you cut yourself on the I, bottle cap. I did. I was trying to peel it off so I could wear it as a ring. You need the, the band-aid, Captain but... Planet. No, I'm okay. I'm just gonna suck the blood um, out. What's 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 interesting <laughs> this about is a these fucking metal podcast, everybody? About the the, 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 por- the porterhouse bottle caps are pull tabs. It's a pull tab. Um, so Chris has cut himself I'm on playing that. Playing with it, whatever. It's my body. I do what I want. But do we have more to say about? Uh no I I it, it, you loved Agent Coulson throughout all these movies his death did make it well, more because you think he's gay yeah. was it Paul oh wait no that was Paul sorry, that was Paul uh but you do you do you do enjoy this character throughout all of those and his death yes it meant it meant a lot it got you like oh man you know bringing him back he he's a fan favorite he he really is he really mm-hmm. is so. You can have that being a Nick Fury thing, you know. And they mentioned life model decoys. I hope they don't have it as a life model decoy, but they have it more as they were able to save his life. Yeah, you know. And it was just Fury playing 
a card. Yeah, the bloody cards. Exactly. He the he he bloody, played. They were he bloody played, cards. Played. He played that. He played that bloody hand to get through that. So I I really hope it's more that than a life model decoy. Um. Also from Joss Whedon, he was asked at his press junket about uh a, the Planet Hulk movie that's being rumored, and he was like, "In quote, Joss Whedon, Joss fucking Whedon." Well, I'm really not supposed to com- comment on it, but no, that's nonsense. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we probably won't be seeing any more Hulk until we see Avengers 2. Mm-hmm. And I know that they came out and I think it was what Whedon came out and also said like stuff like, it's really hard to do a hero Hulk movie. Just because it's you, the same thing. It is, but you you put Mark Ruffalo in it and I think you can pull it off. It's the same thing. And you pay your $10 to see Hulk smash. But you, you know what? You don't show up wanting And here's the Mark thing. Like they're, they're, they're talking about doing a Planet Hulk movie. Planet Hulk movie is just all going to be it's computer animated. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get that Mark Ruffalo. The reason that yeah. character worked is because of Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. You know, and then having that Hulk character, and if you want to, if you want that, just watch the Marvel yeah. cartoon of it. Yeah, which has been out. It's been directed DVD. Yeah, uh, and it's I, I, we watched it on Netflix. Yeah, you know, it was it good. It was all right. It's okay. Yeah. It's better oh, than Next Avengers. I haven't watched that yet, so I can't the speak of ones, it. Yeah. It's right alongside everything else that they've done. Yeah, like it's it's okay. It's something to watch, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that was cool. Like Doctor yeah. Strange, neat, but like it's not great. Yeah, and they, I mean, they don't even have didn't even have Sur- Silver Surfer in it. No, because that was always the cool part was Hulk having the surfboard as a shield. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I, I I'm kind of glad it seemed a sensible way to go mm-hmm. if you were gonna do a Hulk movie, but I think they're better off with. The Hulk just being that secondary character that kicks ass in the Avenger movies. Yeah. yeah. I, I, they used him well enough in Avengers. I think they did perfect with it. And I think that's what was the folly of the two Hulk movies we got before. It's how do you have a Hulk movie mm-hmm. with not the Hulk in it? Yeah. Because then it's all Banner. And as much as I like the Edward Norton stuff from Incredible Hulk... yeah. You, you want to see the Hulk yeah. there. And it was that kind of just, it's boiling beneath the surface with Mark Ruffalo that it worked. Yeah. And the Hulk, what boiled down the Hulk working so well in the Avengers is he was the one-line joke. You know, he, he uh, takes down the one monster with Thor, and then he just punches Thor. Or puny god. Yeah. You know? those Those did work, but it was the... I mean, even that, that Thor fight on the, the helicarrier, mm-hmm. like, that was... I, I have to say, that's probably one of my favorite Avengers moments, just when Thor's, like, standing there with his hand out, uh-huh. waiting for the hammer to come back, <laughs> and it's just, he's just standing there, and then Hulk's, Hulk's coming at him, and then it just, fink, and then just slow motion, slam. And, and the Hulk trying to pick up the hammer, yeah. and his feet, like, just sinking into the ship, like, all, all that stuff was great. But was what was even better was even Tony Stark zapping Bruce Banner, trying to get him to mm-hmm. to be like, you know, to Hulk out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that that stuff was was fun and that worked. I, yeah, I think a Hulk movie is just really it's hard to do. And they if they were smart, 
they don't use them. They have Banner show up in these other movies. I think that would be the best way to play it. Yeah. Well, a movie we won't have to wait for isn't Evil Dead 4. <gasps> it's Army of Darkness 2. <laughs> Sam Raimi uh, did confirm that the movie we talked about last week in our Week in Geek, the continuation of the Evil Dead franchise won't be Evil Dead 4. It's actually going to be called Army of Darkness 2, which makes me so happy because as much as I love the Evil Dead movies, uh, John and I talked about this before the show, uh, when you call it Army of Darkness, there's a different air about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot more camp. Exactly. And, and over that's the what, top. That's it, what I loved about Army of Darkness, too, because it was fun. It, Evil Dead 2, though, is it, it super is, camp. And but it still has those horror and elements. I think, I think the best way to do, because basically you are making an Evil Dead 4 with an Evil Dead remake, is to call it Army of Darkness 2. Mm-hmm. But I did love yours, like, Evil Dead 4, colon, Evil <laughs> Dead 2, or Army of Darkness 2, colon, Ash's Revenge, you know, like that. That is kind of fun. Hopefully, stuff like that for the director's cut DVD, Blu-ray, whatever three D format we're going to be buying stuff on in four K. Four K. Ray Ramey loves putting those out. Remember, like brown paper bag. I had that one. Dead. Yeah, like <laughs> like they put out tons of those kind of book uh, movies. So uh, I I am excited for that. It's something I've been have... waiting since I was a little kid for. Exactly. This is, like, the most prepared I've ever been for news, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know how much longer you want to dwell on it. No, let's go. Um, But also in movie news, Kevin Smith has announced Clerks 3. He started writing it. He He actually uh, was talking with some friends, uh, sat down, wrote down a couple pages, laughed a lot, and uh, apparently then got on Twitter to tell everybody. Well, this is something he already, uh, whatchamacallit, I'm sorry, I'm just like, my finger still hurts. Um, they are doing a Jay and Silent Bob animated, like, feature. Okay. Like, it probably won't be, like, in theaters. You're probably going to see it somehow, like, Netflix, digital release. Like, you pay five bucks, you can download it or stream it. Um, it's not going to be the Clerks animated series style, which they were always talking about doing, which makes me sad. It's going to be more in the style of the... Uh, Smodcast animations that they've done. Okay. Uh, it's kind of cheap. Which, it's, uh-huh. it's, 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 it's very cheap. But yeah, yeah. Like, then again, it's it's cheap to do, so they can yeah. get it done quicker, make money off of it. Um, if you said it's done in the Clark's animated series style, I would have been there day one, right when it was released, mm-hmm. and I would have I would have I would have paid my money. Yeah. They said five I, bucks, and they said ten bucks. I would have paid my money and got it. I love it. that animated series. Exactly. I, I, I absolutely love that series. But there was, uh, Kevin Smith was kicking around. He wanted to do Clerks 3. This is him going out kind of the same way he came in. There was, he was talking about doing so many different movies to kind of go out. He was going to be doing the hockey movie. Yeah. Is that hit, still going hit somebody? on? No. No. What? Then he was also talking about doing like a sci-fi, like camp kind of thing called, it's like, uh, like Danger Ranger and the, or no, Ranger Danger and the Danger Rangers. <laughs> that's been completely capped off. Like that's done. But he was talking about doing Clerks 3 as either a novel or a web series. And then he said, after two hours of tapping keys and giggling, I have come to a conclusion. Clerks 3 will be the le- best film I 
ever made. Uh, and I have to say probably... That's what he used to say about his hockey movie. I, <laughs> that's, he says that about every movie. I loved... I loved... I love Clerks too. Like yeah. I wouldn't say it's it's not my favorite of his movies, but it's probably like my number two, number three. It, it's really solid. I as I used to be a, such a big Kevin Smith fan. Like we were huge. We were huge. He had the two of us. I was okay with him leaving those characters with Clerks too. Like it was it it bookended well with it, fading off with exactly them at them, the quick them at the end in black and white. Like okay, I I appreciate that. I don't need to see Clerks 3. I will see it, though. Oh, I definitely... It's probably the two of us will go together yeah, to go definitely. see it. Um, but yeah, it it is... I will go see it because it probably was one of his more... Aside from... What was the one with Ben Affleck and the... Jersey uh, Girl. Jersey Girl. His more adult take on those characters. And it was like your kind of farewell to... Those characters. And I don't know why this guy doesn't just, like, he says, like, oh, after this movie I'm retiring. Why doesn't he just make those movies? I, you know? Like, I, the I, Danger Ranger and the the Ranger Danger Girls, like, that, <laughs> what? I, I don't know. Whatever you said. It, it was it was Ranger Danger and the Danger Rangers. That, that sounds so much fun. Like, why not just do those? It's not, I mean, aside from touring and giving his college speeches that, you know, it's just a one story that takes 45 minutes to an hour to tell. Yeah, his question and answer session where he answered one, one question. question. And he says he's not going to do that. Like, aside from those, he's not doing anything else except for posting on Twitter. Yeah. You know, he like, posts on Twitter a lot. Like, when I was a little bit more active on Twitter, like, a couple of years ago, I had to unfollow him because he's putting up stuff constantly. Him and, like, Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. <laughs> uh, but, you know, take that time to, to write these, to write these scripts and to make those movies. Nothing's, nothing's stopping him. He has a name. He has a huge cult following that people will go see those movies. Well, when you, Jersey um, Girl made $1 million more than Clerks do. Lifetime gross. This is actually a kind of fun little tidbit here. When he you doesn't watch, make them for that much. When you watch Clerks 2, uh, Randall's wearing a Ranger Danger and the Danger Rangers yeah. t-shirt. Because uh, he ties everything in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, like I'll see it. I'll probably love it, but I don't, I don't need it. Yeah, you, he's already been able to say goodbye to those characters. Because he also said with Jay and Bil- Silent Bob Strike Back... That's the last time you're going to see those characters. And then he did the uh, Clerks X, the yeah, ten, what, year, ten year, yeah, that was ten year anniversary. anniversary. And then he's like, I want to go back and revisit these characters. Uh, and a lot of that too was uh, him congratulating Muse for going clean. But I, I feel like that's just him going back to a comfort zone. Like, yeah, and that's what I feel he, like. He did. What was that? He did Tracy that Morgan. Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis movie was on, that uh, was cop, uh, cop out. Cop Cop out, out, which was bad. He dropped out of Green Hornet because he didn't feel like he was ready to do action. And then Michael Gondry did it, and I think it yeah. was really cool. Like it, it worked. Like it was a different type of movie. Yeah, Cop Out made forty four point eight million dollars, one of his highest grossing films. Wow! It also was something that a studio, yeah, Warner produced. Brothers was behind. He not. was brought in as a director. He it wasn't Fuskew producing yeah. it. So yeah, I. 
I would see Clerks 3. I would like to see those other movies. I'd like to see him continue on as a director. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if he just doesn't give himself enough credit as a director or enough, like... I, he doesn't give himself credit for anything. Like, we, when you hear him talk, he's just like, eh, and I, I film people talking about shit. Like, yeah. I'm gonna, like, so, use this one. It's about this big shot. Yeah, he's like, I, I put the camera there, and then I have people talk to each other in front of it. He, so, he's very simplistic, but yeah. when he produced the... Uh, Pilot for Reaper, that was great. That was I'd good. be okay with seeing him get more into the TV stuff. No, I mean, he's got, I think he's got enough money that he just <clears throat> can stay in that comfort zone. I don't know. Yeah, and it definitely feels like that's what it is. I think you were both real right. Uh, Chris, you were re- really right. It's him getting back to his comfort zone instead of doing what he wants to do because he's afraid to do it. It, yeah. it does feel like that. Like that hockey movie, come on, just do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, I watched The Goon, you know, which is a hockey movie. Oh, uh, that's Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. I heard that was really good. It's okay, but yeah, it's, it's like, man, I could see Kevin Smith doing this movie and doing it better. It's a good movie. It's not great. Yeah. But it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. But as a hockey it's fan, simplistic. it was like, yeah. Does anyone else have any other news? No. Cause I have one more quick oh, thing and then I'm done. Okay. Well, this will probably appeal blow to, my mind with appeal, this. appeal to both of you. And when I say appeal, I mean it's a little bit sadder. Oh, but um, and well, on a sad note, Chris. Mike, I know. I'm sorry, but uh, Michael Mike and Sarah Laura, Stead? no, Mike and Laura Allred's house was robbed. What? Like oh. all their like electronics, computers, everything was stolen. Well, at least it wasn't like their like art and stuff. Well, a lot well, of all their, their arts done on computers. computers. Uh. <laughs> so they're gonna be behind. Um. Mike already put up on Twitter after they came home. It was like, just home from Arizona, met by cops. Our house was broken into. Trash, computers gone, monitors. Won't know what else until... And then it continued on after that. But um, he said, uh, luckily, someone is going to be doing a fill-in run on um, FF in that time. Mm-hmm. So they can get back up to speed on stuff. But his wife, who does his coloring, coloring. is really upset because all of her color swatches... We're on those computers, so she has to rebuild everything from Ooh. the ground up. And, and those she's are, probably been doing that for years. Yeah, they they've been working together they, like for 15, since 20 Mad years. Man. Yeah, like, crazy. Can they go to the comic book shop and can they go <laughs> down to Home Depot and have them like <laughs> scan those co- comic book covers? Uh, the only the only really good thing that you can think that can That's come out of this horrible. is when those people plug in the computer. They're just like, oh my god, this guy's art is great. Like, what else has he done? And then they have two more fans. I don't know why I think it's two people that robbed a place, but they're just like, hey, we need to get this FF because it's awesome. What else has this guy done? Wait, he did Mad Men? No way. No Ma- way. I love that show. Mad Men? <laughs> <laughs> hey, is Mad Men? X-Force? What? Oh, hey, this is cool. And this is really sad, too. He put up on Twitter, here's a weird request. Could everyone who's ever emailed me please email me again so I can reconnect? I've lost all my contacts. Ugh. They, that's what they do. They're comic book people. Like they yeah. probably get emailed about jobs or yeah prospects for stuff like conventions. Like yeah. that's a big source of income for artists. Like yeah, boy, that's horrible. But yeah, oh, man. So what comic books are you guys looking forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about stealing things. Uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, it's a story that has stolen 
uh, set up and explaining what has happened to lead to the age of Ultron. Uh, when I opened up this book, I thought, you know, oh, it's going to be a bunch of Ultrons attacking the Marvel Universe. It's Ultron coming back into the Marvel U. Read the first one, and it's like, nope, we're here, like, in the age... It's like Age of Apocalypse, you know, that kind of Marvel future story. I where like, I don't know how we got there, but we're there. Uh, so you jump right in. And it was kind of fun just to jump right in to see Hawkeye being, like, the biggest badass of the Marvel Universe, because only in a future post-apocalyptic world will he be the Marvel's Universe's biggest badass. But it's Brian Michael Bendis uh, is the writer, and I'm not sure who is doing the art on it. Brian Hitch. Oh, is it Brian Hitch? Yep. Very cool. They work together. Oh, yeah, Brian Hitch on uh, art on the first one. Uh, The book I'm looking forward to is a ongoing series by Mike Manola. Uh, and it is called Sludgehammer 44. Uh, basically, it's Mike Manola's take on Iron Man. It's a man in a suit of iron that is dropped into occupied France during World War II to try to save the day and be able to work the suit. Uh, you have... Um, is it Sludgehammer or Sledgehammer? Sledgehammer. Okay. I thought you said sludge, and I'm like... is. Oh, it's his take on Toxic it's just, Adventures. It's just my <laughs> pronunciation. Okay. Uh, 9.8% beer after I went running for six miles. Like, I'm a little loopy. I, it's okay. I it's feel fine. These, I, I thought I'm maybe, feeling these beers. I thought it was maybe a sledgehammer Toxic Avenger style. And then uh, Jason Latour from uh, Captain America on uh, on art. I've never actually heard of that artist. So uh, it looks good. It looks like Mike Manola's style kind of book and as i've said before i check out just about anything that guy does well you might not know that artist but you'll know the one that's doing my book because it's actually andy kubert uh because i'm picking batman number 18 this is the fallout from batman incorporated number eight which you can see our review over on our bag and board place over on our uh, facebook website bagboard.com or our youtube channel um written by scott snyder uh, with a backup by Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV. Um, wrapping up that story as much as it can wrap it up in another book. Uh, with a backup story featuring Harper Rowe. Yeah. Harper Rowe. Harper Rowe. Co-created Scott Snyder and Becky Cloonan. Well, not really, because she was in one of the earlier issues, too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one of Batman, but... But, yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm excited about this next beer, and I stopped Paul from pouring this stout into his glass because he needs to rinse it. Okay. Because it's probably one of my favorite stouts. Oh, and it smells so good. This is a full-on. Don't don't chase it yet, Paul. I'm not. Because I need to I need to introduce this because this is the Rasslers, also from Porterhouse. Uh, this is the stoutiest of stouts. It doesn't say that on the bottle. That's just me saying it. Uh, 5.7% alcohol by volume. If you want just a stout to be a stout, you're looking at this one. There's a reason it's $18.99 for a four-pack. I didn't get like that same price point from the uh, Red Ale, but this one, you get it. And I, I just wanted to watch Paul as he took his first sip. <laughs> that is like almost like a tobacco like a feeling in your mouth. Like, it's so smoky. It's so smoky, it coats, like, mm-hmm. every oh. corner of your mouth. It is, 
you have that to say. Earthy, rich. We we always talk about like some of our favorite porters just being black as night, and this one. This isn't even a porter though. This is a stout, stout, and it is not. You hear about, but no no light escapes this. This is a black hole. Delicious? It is delicious. It I, is a, take a sip because it yeah. will punch you in the mouth. It's a and, full mouth beer. Yeah. And um for eighteen ninety nine, like it does it is expensive, but like my my as he said, Randy, my brother in law, not only does he buy the eighteen ninety nine four pack but he shares this beer. Oh, why would yeah. you do that? Poor bastard. Two, we, we, I've we've had, had it twice. Yeah, yeah, we've had it twice. He's he's given us those bottles of it, and it's just like, wow, you you really are a very generous man to spend that money and then share yeah. two of your bottles of it. You guys are so generous for letting me have the one. I know. I I gave him back one of these bottles because I was <laughs> like, this is just because you've shared. It's. But but like us, he's a guy who enjoys beer, and if he has a great beer, he wants people who enjoy beer yeah. to have it. And that's why we want you to go out and find this, too. Like, if you have a craft beer store, like a gourmet market, wherever, go and look for the Porterhouse Rassler, because it's bam, stout. I'm upset with my review of the red. The red stinks compared to this. <laughs> and the, uh, half, what are they doing making any other beer than this? And half the reason we did the red first is because no, nothing is going to taste good after this beer. Nope. Um, this is like smoking a really good cigar. It, it it is. It it is just something that is probably one of the more complex stouts that you're you're going to have. Mm-hmm. They have another stout. Um. That just does not, doesn't even compare to this, and it's it's not very good. They should stop doing everything else <laughs> other than this beer. Ireland, Ireland, stop, stop them for us. Uh, Honestly, just the economies of scale. <laughs> just to lower the price of this one beer and make more of it. <laughs> make more of it. Therefore, because my demand right now is very high. So therefore, increase your supply, and you will make more profit. Yeah, and this—I mean, um, Chris and I actually split this this month just because two four packs at eighteen ninety nine is just a lot. I was—I was, I was mm-hmm. making the Chris, commitment. Chris was willing to do it, and I said, "Listen, listen, I—I I feel bad as somebody who's here with you, who knows yeah. how good this is. Let well, me let me." Split it with and, you. Am I like you said you were gonna pick up the one for the next, next week. week? And I was like, if you're gonna do the porterhouse, do them it's side like, by side because yeah. we have the ale, we have the stout there. Like this is a and, ton. And and we worked out a deal. I I will go nine point five. Uh, I would. I also would do. You know what? Um, this is the stoutiest of stouts, but there could be something stoutier. Stoutier. If, if there is. You I won't just, be able to talk. I will just cry just bre- and weep. <laughs> so you're basically I, just breathing in fire, like fumes. Like, man, th- th- this is this is tough. Because does no it deserve? I, I, it's 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 that point five percent. Because it's either it's a nine point five or a ten. Because that's the thing too. From now on, all stouts are going to be measured against this beer. This is stout for me. This if is there is a better. Stout this is out a there, great stout. I can't. 
10 for me is, I'm putting in that, like, out of the scope of beer, something that I will seek out. This, I, I picked it up for today. Like, I wouldn't just drink this on my own. It's $18.99 it, it, for a full It is. Pack. This um, is the premium. I, Think back to when we did barley wines. Uh-huh. One of my favorites was that full sale one that was like four ninety nine for the bottle. Yeah. It was good. This um, this is eighteen ninety nine or not. This is the best stout I've ever had. Four ninety nine for a single bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that, and it's just your typical bottle. We're not talking yeah. about like a bomber. Yeah. If this later on, we we might be doing a beer draft, and if this ends up in there. I might be bidding up pretty high. Yeah? Huh? We should tell Mike to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, just put one in there. And uh, then put another bunch of like, really good beers in there, too. I, uh, I think, I think like, Chris nailed it for me. I think this is a 9.5 because I'm not – I walk by this – anytime we go to Premier, yeah. I walk by it knowing it's there and knowing how good it is. But I'm not – I'm not willing to hit that eighteen ninety nine for a four-pack. I can this get is, two. I can get I like know. just about two other, yeah. two other six packs for that. Yeah, this is a podcast beer for me. This is. This I is, will probably never buy this again, unless I have a specific reason to be like, oh, if, I'm gonna go buy the Rassler. Guys, if we're gonna be hanging out on my back porch on a really nice day, or a really nice night. I don't know, for my, like, 30... If if I'm celebrating... Paul's telling us that we need to buy this for him for his 30th birthday. <laughs> no, because I'm going to buy it for us <laughs> or for my 30th birthday, so don't do that, because I'm... Tomorrow, I'm probably going out and buying this <laughs> um, and keeping it in my cellar for my 30th, and, you know, and we'll sit around one night and crack them open and shoot this shit, you know? Like, we Paul, sometimes... Paul do. hasn't had the alchemy hour yet. <laughs> Which I figured we'd do that during the middle of yeah. our main topic. We'll break it up between yeah. writers and artists. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking because about a main, main topic. Main topic time. It is our creator March Madness creator bracket. Comic book creator bracket. There we go. March Madness comic book I can't do the bracket. whole march towards a, a creator thing because I did that for the beer. It, it, Beware the Ides of March. Beware. Tomorrow, or, or today, when you listen to this, maybe. I don't know when I put it up. <laughs> Paul, at some point this month. <laughs> yeah, it's the 11th. But what we do is break out um, DC writers and Marvel writers and DC artists and Marvel artists that we think had really exceptional years over the past year. And we, of course, have to pit them in competition against each other. It has to happen. There, in, ha- there can only be one. In brackets. It's like the Highlander. <laughs> This is basically the Thunderdome for Highlanders of the comic book companies we follow. So, this is going to be some crazy quickening. So, uh, like last year's summer movie draft, or summer movie bracket, we randomized the order that these uh, competitors come to meet. So, uh, And the only person who knows, what or- we know what artists and writers are there, but Paul knows the order of how they're going to come yeah. up against so each other. writers only fight writers. And artists only go against artists. And Marvel and DC are split. Like the Jets and the Sharks. Are split up until the very final, where the artist and writer will, from each, uh, company will come to head to head combat. Because, uh, 
That's how it is in gladiator <laughs> battle. Gladiator battle. That's what, that's what we do at the bagging board. We so here we go against each other. Where do you guys want to start? Uh, Marvel, DC. I, I mean, let's just we 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 started with DC last year. Why don't we start with Marvel this year? Okay, yeah. uh, artist or writer? Uh, right, let's do writers. Uh, let's do writers okay. first. All right, writers first. Writers first. Okay, Dan Slott versus Matt Fraction. Ooh. Okay, you know what? We reviewed Fantastic Four and FF for our look back two months ago, was it now? Mm-hmm. And they were okay. I enjoyed FF a little bit more than Fantastic Four. Dan Slott has been writing Spider-Man for a while now, mm-hmm. and it shows because when I picked up Superior Spider-Man, just with that hook that, oh, it's Octavius controlling Peter Parker's body, that that was what was like, oh, that will make me read this issue. Dan Slott's writing of it, though, is what made me keep on it. I I would have to give this one to Dan Slott. It's, uh, it's such a fun book, and th- I feel like that's what Fantastic Four needs, but I'm not getting the fun. I get it. I get the fun in FF. I don't get the fun in Fantastic Four. And you need that family relationship, and I really didn't see that. Yeah, they they try to oversell it in the last issue, I think, with Reed's like kind of love letter to Sue in that whole last issue. And the one prank that Johnny finally plays on Ben, and it just kind of feels a little forced. It, it when you were talking about it last week, it sounds like he's just trying to play up to those. Oh, this yeah. is what people want in a Fantastic yeah. Four book. So mm-hmm. here's here's Johnny doing a thing. Yeah, and uh, I totally agree with your Superior Spider-Man take. It's it is Octavius uh, doing something with the character of Doc Ock, other than trying to marry Aunt May in a very very fun way. And it is fun to see it breathe a whole new life for me into the Spider-Man mythos. Yeah. Uh, the book that I can borrow either one of the number twos, threes, or fours, whatever they're on now because of Marvel's double shipping. The book that I've read is Superior Spider-Man. Um, and it's because, it is because of the writing. Um, the only thing that would make me read FF number two, number three, number four, is Mike Allred's art. Um, Because I I love Mike Allred. Like, he's one of my favorite artists. And I'd give it to Slot. Like, it it really is. It's his writing on those books that make me come back. Because it's one of those ideas that, okay, it's intriguing, but it could be handled so poorly. And, but it's not. And even when we heard issue two was, oh, the ghost of Peter is still there, and we were all like, Meow. well, you, that's I the, asked. That's like, what I was we afraid were talking of. about. Yeah. And you're like, oh, then I probably want to read it. Chris is like, oh, that would just stink. And but it's been working for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I did pose the question whether or not if you saw like captions of Peter Parker, and I think the ghost actually works a little better. It's him than just like talking. Yeah. Yeah. And emoting. Like, Come on, really? That's working? And like, I, yeah. I it, like how Slot fits in those things where it's like, okay, no, Octavius and Adrian Toomes, they they were buddies. Mm-hmm. He's trying to give him an out. But as soon as he finds out that he's using kids as his yeah. henchmen, like, that's that's the line. Like, he freaks out on it. Well, uh, pro- my favorite part with just the Peter ghost part was... <laughs> Octavius creating like spider robots to patrol for him. Yeah. So he knows like, no, no, I'm using my tablet here and I can keep track of all this and I'm watching all of it so I don't have to keep going on patrol. I'll know when there's something bad happening. 
Mm-hmm. And then Peter just being like, well, yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Like, and it just being like, yeah, like somebody is finally doing Spider-Man and he's not just gung-ho about it, like he's using his head because being Spider-Man is really cutting into him trying to get with Mary Jane or anyone else. Is that... Uh, did you read the last issue? No, I haven't it? read that one yet. Uh, he goes back to school because he finds out that Peter doesn't have a doctorate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, it's Octavius walking around a college campus, like running into one of his old professors. Like, or what, oh, No, it's one of the old, old students who's now a professor. Yeah. Or it's, classmates, I think, not students, yeah. right? Well, yeah, he was a student with. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you got to give it to. Yeah, you got to give it to Dan Slott. You know, I, I love Fantastic Four, but. You, you do love FF, Fantastic Four. But more FF right now than Fantastic Four, but really, I can't argue against it. Okay, uh, next up we have Kyrian Gillian, or Kyrian Gillian versus Jason Aaron. And out of those two <sighs> X-Men writers, Chris, you started off last time. Uh, John, tough. do you want to start off this time? Kyrian Gillian wrote X-Men as well as Young Avengers. That's why I submitted him for the list. And Jason Aaron is on Wolverine and the X-Men. Um... You know, I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to give it to Kieran Gillian, and not that Jason Aaron isn't doing a great job over at X Men, but I haven't been borrowing your issues, and I haven't like. Not that it's the same thing every week, or every month, or actually probably every other week. <laughs> uh, Marvel, but he's you know he's probably what on like issue sixteen. No, they're on twenty five. Was the one that you wrote about. So I think they're on twenty six now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> of Wolverine and the X Men. Of Wolverine and the X Men. But keep it's... in mind, we did this last year, and they're on number twenty six. Um, but I have to say, like the book that I'm actually wanting to read more is that Young Avengers, and it's it's not against Jason Aaron, but Jason Aaron's been writing it, and it's nothing that's been like, oh, I need that next issue. It's been continuously good but not like popping in okay. young avengers i wasn't a fan of the pre like not i can't say i wasn't a fan but i what didn't bother reading the previous one but i do want to keep up on this young avengers i like where it's going so far i'm enjoying young loki uh wiccan hulkling i i want to get back to that spaceship with um hawkeye and kid Captain Marvel, whoever that kid is. Marvel boy. Yeah. Um, like, I want to get back there. I want to see where this goes. And Kieran, I'm going to have to give it to Kieran Gillian, which oh. I was surprised I would, because uh, I thought Aaron would might win this again. Jason Aaron, hands down, still uh, one of my favorite writers over at DC, or Marvel. I'm sorry. I'm such a DC fanboy. I can't give credit to Marvel. See, Even the, for good writers. I, I think we talked about last year how we were like, yeah, Marvel's, you know, just. They're on the rise. They're, they're, they're Getting their clocks clean, though, like, overall. like, But now... Jason Aaron, I think, writes a very fun book. Granted, it might not, you know, make you want to read the next issue, but every time it's in my stack, I'm like, I'm going to have fun with this issue. I'm going to read it first, because it's that book. It's, it's that fun comic book book where it's, okay, no crazy cliffhanger at the end, no hook to make you feel like its event is going to brood up. But it's the young X Men characters done in a fun way. It and it's it, it's just a good yeah. book. And 
And yeah, and it, it's hard to pick between those. Well, for me, it was hard to pick between those two. You yeah. weren't the hugest fan of Avengers. Uh, Young, Young Avengers. Avengers. Uh, uh, really, the only character that has me enjoying that book is Kid Loki. And I just can't get behind a Kid Loki because I don't know if Loki's a guy, a girl, or a kid now in the Marvel Universe. Or if there's three of different Lokis running around. If he's like multiple man and just has dupes running around. With different genders and ages, I don't know. Maybe he can do that. So this falls on your shoulders, Chris. This is this is a lot of pressure, and it's I'm okay with taking this because I kind of submitted both when I was giving my list for people that I wanted. I I've always loved Young Avengers. Uh, the characters are what sold me on that book. Kieran Gillian is writing a different Young Avengers book that still feels like a continuation of the original one. I love the presentation of it. It's fun. Not as fun as Wolverine and the X-Men, though. I, I felt bad that I missed issue number 25. Like, it didn't wind up in my stack from the comic book shop. And it's Wolverine taking the class on a trip to the Savage Land to teach them how to survive. He basically just drops a bunch of students in the Savage Land and then disappears. And there was one of my favorite panels in that is Quentin Quire talking to Wolverine, saying, like, this is the worst class I've ever taken, survival with Professor Logan. And he's like, and I took uh, physics from a professor who threw uh, playing cards for a living. (laughs) (laughs) And it was that moment that I was like, this book is so great. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to give it to Jason Aaron just because he continually writes a fun book that can get, not heavy, but... When it hits, it hits hard. Like, Brood getting his brain shot out yeah. and losing who he was. And he was one of those characters that... You were rooting I, I, for. I loved him because, yeah, he was one of the Brood, but he had a heart. He mm-hmm. was smart. He was almost like Hank McCoy's star student. Like You mm-hmm. could see him following in his footsteps. And now he's on a leash, like, being led around. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I have, I have no problem with Jason Aaron winning. It, it was, it was a hard choice, but I, I, I don't like the fact that it came down to these two. It, against it, each it, other. it always, it always works out this way when it's like, oh, these are both guys I really, really like. And I have, I have no problem. I'm glad that I was a voice for Kieran Gillian because he, he deserves to go on past the second round. It sucks that he was up against Jason Aaron, who is the winner from last year. Yes, and who probably is. Probably gonna don't make look it. at Paul's screen. I'm not, no, I'm not. But he probably is going to make it in a few rounds if he's not. I can't. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 it's so tiny. I can't even read that. Um, but he it's is 11 point font and you're three feet away. You should get a new prescription because <laughs> you're supposed to be it's able at, to yeah, read. But it's at an, it's at an, it was at an angle before. Um, but yeah, it, it it's going to be it's going to be tough because Jason Aaron I think really is going to do because he does do a great job and I I'm not trying to take away from that. Ryan Michael Bendis versus Mark Wade. Oh. Ooh. Paul, well, I went first, John went first. I believe it's all on you to start this one off now. Brian Michael Bendis does such a quantity of work. <laughs> so so there are books that he's being that he's putting out that are enjoyable is X-Men stuff. I have a problem with a bunch of his writing because I think the characters all sound similar, but the ideas behind them are fun. 
But are those ideas something that are a brainchild of the Marvel Universe's creator team? You know, the architects? And that's the world he gets to play in right now? Or was he one of the architects that really led the X-Men world to be here? I don't know how much credit I should give Brian Michael Bendis there. Uh, Mark Wade? Nobody cares about Daredevil other than Mark Wade. <laughs> but Mark Wade writes the fuck out of Daredevil. Paul doesn't swear on this podcast, too, just so you know. <laughs> exactly. He's the guy that would put effin yeah. in the Ruth as winners because he didn't like to say fucking. Exactly. So that's how much I feel for Mark Wade right now on Daredevil. So I have to go with, I don't know if it's obvious, it must be Mark Wade. Uh, to me, I thought Bendis was going to get a little farther because of what he'd been doing with X-Men and me enjoying it. But Don't forget, he's also writing Superior Spider-Man, too. No, Dan Slott's Don't writing say, oh, no, that's not, Superior Spider-Man. Oh, he he's did. writing Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or Spider-Man and, and also did. Age of Ultron. Age of yeah. Ultron, that's what I was thinking. Because I knew. Yeah. You, you, you know, Dan Slott, you just the, talked about I, Dan. I, I, no, that was just me. We, uh, he's writing other stuff we're reading, too, besides X-Men. I, I went through that Age of Ultron. It did not... Did not fancy me at all, but his X-Men stuff was doing good. And I think if he was up against somebody different, he'd get farther because you got to go with Wade on this. His Daredevil has it, – it, it's a great way to follow Brubaker, who I thought Brubaker had done a great job with what he was doing with Daredevil until I read Wade. And I was like, no, Wade's, Wade nails it. And he writes the Daredevil that I, I thought I wanted – Gritty and dark Daredevil. No, I wanted Wade's Daredevil. Who and is this character that you can root for? It, and it is. And, and I mean, the, the art, granted, yes, the art really did help make this book, but it's the voices that he gives these characters and the stories he puts them in and everything he does with Daredevil that you gotta give it, you, you gotta give it to Wade. And I, I do think he is a better writer than Bendis. He's been around yeah. a lo- he's been around a lot longer, but I, I really do think he is. At this point, it's not like my vote matters at all. But we still like to hear what you have to say. I, and I appreciate that, Paul. Thank you. I feel like this year Bendis stood a better chance to proceed further than he did last year. Yeah, the X Men stuff has been very enjoyable. Not not great, mm-hmm. and a lot of that could just be because of those architect ideas that are proposed and they're running with, and he just mm-hmm. has to be on those books. And, Paul, I have to disagree with you when you said nobody cares about Daredevil except for Mark Wade because I care about Daredevil <laughs> now because of Mark Wade. Begden Boardcast cares about Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wade and us. It's, it's still, you know what I mean, though. Like, it's Daredevil. Yeah, he, he's that writer that would is thrown out there on the table like, and someone needs to write Daredevil. <laughs> He's like, yes! <laughs> it, it, it's a great book. Everything with Foggy having cancer and yeah. Matt still being there for him amidst everything else. Mm-hmm. Like someone trying to replicate what happened to Matt Murdock by spraying radiation in prisoners' faces and then they just get let loose upon the city. It's such a crazy out-there idea. Mm-hmm. And it's so comic booky. It's one of those things when you you don't realize it when you're reading that issue, but when you actually sit down and try to 
explain, explain it. it and you're like no it's a daredevil comic book and there's all these criminals let loose on the city and they've had radiation spray in their faces and it's up to daredevil to stop them and he knows what they're going through because he did the same thing so he's taking them out. it's so fucking comic booky <laughs> but it works when mark wade writes it so i, I tried to throw you guys off the game was like, not that my vote matters, but no, Mark Wade yeah. and Brian Michael Bendis. Hey, maybe next year. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis. You got big kudos from oh, so many kudos from the two guys who used to. Did you pause it? No. Oh, Keep you on. clicked. I, it scared me. Um, by two guys who gave you huge kudos. Back in 2001, 2002, 2003. We weren't recording podcasts, so don't look. We, we weren't, but we were reading comic books. And we were talking to each other on phones. We, yeah, we were. We still do, because Paul doesn't have text messaging. Um, but <laughs> but Phones we, are so bad. But then there was all of a sudden where we just went, I don't like Bendis anymore. I don't like... I I don't like how he's writing. I don't like this. I don't like that. And we were probably an anti-Bendis for quite a while. I mean, you and Chris were still, whenever he, whenever there was a big mm-hmm. Marvel epic storyline going on, yeah. big event book, you guys would always pick it up, and I'd always be, I don't want to say the voice of reason, but like, uh, Bendis is writing it. I don't think it's going to end well. And then every time it'd be like, eh, it didn't end well. But I, I, I am... On, I wouldn't say a Bendis fanboy resurgence track track here, but I do really enjoy. And Chris said, "I'm surprised I'm enjoying an X Men book written by Bendis." And as soon as I read his X Men books, I said the exact same thing to Chris: "Like I can't believe I'm liking these." Kelly Sue DeConnick versus Jonathan Hickman. Oh. Uh. Bad luck of the that's draw. Some, that, that said, you know, sometimes had it bracket, been Kelly Sue to kind of uh, up against Kieran Gillian, it might have been closer. Yeah, it would but. have been you know maybe a good conversation and everything. But uh, sometimes uh, you, you bite the bracket; other times the bracket bites you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's 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 the second <laughs> that's the second uh, Big Lebowski thing or the third thing I've seen today. That's so weird. That's, I'm writing Jonathan Aikman right now. That's, <laughs> I know that's sad. Like Captain Marvel, it was a good read. It took a little bit to get to that point. Uh-huh. The art really hurt that number one. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Hickman, like I'm not even a gigantic fan of the guy. I've liked what I've read. He has. He's an awesome idea, man. Yeah. I feel like he's that guy when it comes to the architects laying the groundwork. It's Jonathan Hickman saying like, no. We're gonna do this, and everybody else is head hurting for like half hour. And, saying, and then that's lunch, guys, right? Like, and then Mark Wade's like, "All right, there." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, you guys have fun with that because I'm still unsure what he said. There was something about quantum physics. Well, physics well don't worry, sure. Paul, because he probably drew out like a yeah. diagram for how everything was gonna work. And that's what they used for placemats for a while at the Marvel cafeteria because they're still trying to understand it as they're eating their salads. I'm imagining that's what they serve. But on it's the probably like in hamburger. I don't think well, I, little, little planets actually. There, there's probably some <laughs> guy that's place. sitting there like I don't, I don't, I don't think I agree with Hickman. And then just somebody's like, no, he's shut he, up, Bendis. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's way smarter than you. You feel he's, dumb for you know but, trying to. I, 
I, I, we talked. I mean, sense. we talked about this inner bags and board bite um, over on our YouTube page, and you can find it on our Facebook page. But I'll make sure I put that one up tomorrow, then, so it's there. Oh, but I read, I read his New Avengers only because there was three issues of that and seven of Avengers. Avengers. And after reading it, I said, "This is just so good. I don't even want to read." Avengers, because this book is just, it's great. Like it, it's gripping. It's got that science stuff to it, but it's just, it's, it's epic. Yeah. And I do actually kind of, I, I do want to read those books now that it's a week since then, but I, I, I have to give it to Hickman. Every time I read one of his books, I, especially what he does there, like Shield, like Fantastic Four and FF, I, Mostly could handle without much problem. But S.H.I.E.L.D. and what he does in both New Avengers and Avengers, it takes me a while to digest and understand what the heck he's doing. Because these characters, that these villains that he's created, and what they're kind of talking about in the whole, like, it takes a while for me to understand. Um, I, 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 I would agree with that. But at the same sense, I read one through four of... Yep. New Avengers, and it was just like, I wish I had 5, 6, 7, 8, yeah. 9, 10, 11, 12 mm-hmm. in front of me. And um, it, it it is. Like, that book is just just great. And I do want to read I do want to read Avengers, too, because the first issue when we reviewed yeah. it, I really liked it. I, I want to see more of what was going on in that world, but this one just nailed it for me. And Fantastic Four, whatever he did with that shit. Over to DC? Is that or, it? Is that it for Marvel? Are we going to jump over for the next Let's round? Yeah, the next writers? round. All right, let's do All it right. up. For uh, writers over at DC, we have Scott Lobdell over Pete Mossy. I say over, I mean like in the yeah. bracket that it's Scott Lobdell. That, that's a that's a, a good so. that's a good matchup. That is a really good matchup. Um, Peter Tomasi, definitely huge on Green Lantern Corps. Batman and Robin. And now he's been doing Batman and Robin. You and two then... guys will have to decide this because I don't think I've read either one of those two No, books. that's okay. Um, I... Scott we can do this. Scott Liddell, um, he's on Teen Su- Titans, he's Superman. He's on Superman now. Red Hood and the Outlaws. Red Hood and the Outlaws. I've been reading. I read a, I read a few of – the reason I picked up Superman is because Scott Liddell and um, Kenneth Rockefort were doing that book. And I read a couple um, – on Comixology, and I was finally like, all right, I need, at this point, at some point, I said, all right, I'm going to start ordering Superman, and then I forgot that I was ordering it, so I forgot I didn't order it anymore after that. Um, but I'm going to have to give this to Scott Liddell. I, I really like his writing. I haven't been reading Teen Titan, but I absolutely loved, um, absolutely loved Red Hood and the Outlaws, and I, the Superman stuff I've read, I've also really enjoyed. Um, Peter Tomasi, I'm also picking up his Batman and Robin book, so I, I'm actually the person who reads both of these writers, and I'm going to give it to Scott Liddell. I loved Pete Tomasi when he was doing Green Lantern Corps. I haven't kept up on uh, Batman and Robin. I read the issues with Damian trying to challenge all the other Robins, because why yeah. wouldn't you want to read that if you're a fan of, like, the Robin title? And those were good. They were. 
Uh, Scott Liddell, I've really enjoyed Red Hood and the Outlaws more than Teen Titans. I'm reading Teen Titans for Tim Drake. Like that's what sold me on that book. How does he write Tim Drake in that? He writes him okay. Like he, it's tough because it's such an ensemble book, and there's so many characters in there and new characters to boot with Solstice and uh, Bunker. So you don't really know them as well as you know how everyone else should be written. So you're kind of paying attention to them a little bit more. Um, but he handles Tim Drake well. Like some people have problems with it, but people have problems with Scott Lodell in general. If you look him up online, like people just complain about everything he does. And I think it's because they hear like, oh, Scott Lodell's writing this book with this character and this is what happens in it. And there, it's that fanboy rage that just burns up in people. And a lot of it isn't even his fault. It's what he's been <clears throat> given to write. And I, I think he ex- handles it extremely well. He's one of those writers after this past 18 months now at DC after the New 52. I've really taken notice of him the same way I did with Pete Tomasi after Green Lantern no, Rebirth. Birth. And they came out with the Green Lantern Core book. I, I would have to give it to Scott Liddell as well. Kind of rhymed. That's good, because I think the only book I read was the uh, Batman and Robin Annual by Pete Tomasi. So, there we go. Scott Liddell. Hey, Scott Liddell, congrats. And nothing against Pete Tomasi. Like, no. None I, of this is because, like, we don't like you. No, it's not. And it's... I, no, no offense to Pete Tomasi, but I've been on the fence of dropping Batman and Robin or keeping up. And I'll have one issue where I'm like, but I've already ordered the next issue, and then I read it, I'm like, eh. I think it'll and, be very interesting coming up with what he's doing with the Batman and Robin books. Yeah, what's going to be going on after this? Not to We Can Geek It, but yeah. yeah. Like they've Red announced Hood. it's not going to be Batman and Robin anymore. It's going to be Batman and Red Robin, Batman and Red Hood, mm-hmm. Batman and Catwoman. Every month it's going to be Batman and a different character. Uh, that might put him up for next year. Yeah, to see how he handles the situation. But uh, how does Joshua Helen say the <laughs> Joshua name? Joshua Hale feel called? Bielkoff, handle Jeff Johns. Oh. He's the one who... He's the up-and-comer. He's, he's the, the up-and-comer. vampire writer that is now going to be taking over how many books, Chris? Now, now that iVampire is no longer around because it's ending, uh, he's going to be over on Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns. And so based half of the Green Lantern family of books he will be writing. I would be more... I would be interested in checking those out. I haven't read those books in 17 issues. I would like to see where he's going with that. But I think I do have to give this to Johns because I still read Aquaman. I am planning on reading Aquaman for quite a few months. Like, I want to see where everything's been going. So it's it's Jeff Johns for me. I brought in a... Phil because I thought, hey, you know what? I Vampire. Paul really enjoyed it. I liked what I had read. I still really enjoy it. It's still coming out, guys. It, I know. It's it's that. It hasn't been canceled yet. I only read that I think it's one more issue. and then Guys, you don't go to your funeral before your funeral. I only really read that first issue, and then I think the second and third one after it. So I haven't kept up on it. So I liked it, what I had read. Right. I'm the same way. I submitted him because... DC liked what he did enough over on iVampire to say, hey, do you want the second Green Lantern book? Like, if it comes to 
Green Lantern being the marquee, like that's your main act. Green Lantern Corps would be your opener. Yeah. And also Red Lanterns, which would be that, okay, you have this band opening in this town. Here's your other national act. Red Lanterns is that local band that's opening up for him. Like that's something that people are still going to pay attention to. Yeah. The fact that he's handling two of the four books of the Green Lantern franchise, which <laughs> four books for Green Lantern. But here's the, here's the thing. Wonder though. Woman has one. Wonder Woman has one. Yeah, but barely. Green, yeah. Hal Jordan Green Lantern is in one book. Yes, I know. Guy Gardner. They, I, all the, it, I mean, yeah. it breaks down. It works, yeah. and after after everything they've done with Green Lantern underneath Jeff Johns, the market can support those four books. And this isn't like a retroactive like Jeff Johns earns this because of everything he did there. But he is still writing Green Lantern. It's still telling a good story, but now he's also handling the big leagues too. He's got Aquaman. I've never thought I would refer to Aquaman as being in the big leagues, but it, it's a good book. Uh, at, at one time, it was the number 14th book um, yeah. on the scale, like, being sold. And he was even excited about it. Like, Aquaman is number 14. Like, he was... It broke the top 20. <laughs> I didn't think that would happen. And then um, Justice League and Justice League of America. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, four Green Lantern books, but now we have two Justice League books. And Justice League of America, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I was originally going to pass on that, but it was done well. If if you were just a comic book writer, you would, or reader, you would, because we do this podcast, it's one of those books that, all right, I got to pick it up. Same thing with Vibe, and he co-wrote that. Yeah. And you liked it. I really liked it. I think uh So what we're both for I'm Jeff Johns. I'm gonna just speak my mind for uh Joshua Hell and, and I think you should because you've been the fan and Because what he's done with Amazon Vampire has written a hero and then has midway through switched to a villain and you're writing you're reading a villain story. Because he gets all the power of Cain and but then he wants to like herd the vampires together and, like, keep them safe and away from the war, and he's fighting against Mary. And then he just kind of goes insane after, you know, things happen, and now he is definitely the a villain again. Like, so I think he does a great job of writing both a hero and a villain, so I'm very excited to see what he does later on in his career because I think he should be on those anti-hero books. Now, with him picking up Green Lantern Corps, being a fan of I, Vampire, which, and, which and Green Lantern a, is he reading, writing? It's Green Lantern Corps. Which Green which Lanterns are that? The Jeff John, or not Jeff Johns, I'm sorry. Guy Gardner? Guy Gardner and John Stewart book. Don't care about those two Green Lanterns, okay. really. So, like, it would be. I, really, I didn't know if it was going to be would, enough for you to grab. Would you if be. You guys, if you guys came to me and were like, Paul, no. Seriously, these are really good books, then I'll read them. Of course, what, if what, I hear good things. Then what about I will the Red Lantern? Them. I don't. Seriously? You're asking me about <laughs> a different I, color core I, right I now. I know, I know you hate those cores, but do you like do you like him? Do you like him enough as a writer to see what he could do I will with keep... the darker, the darker lantern kind of character? Because honestly, you know. Well, I I, I buy them anyway, so yeah. I'll I'll pass them off. You know, to you. if and, I hear good things, I would, re- you know, I, then I would I'll, I would like to read those too because not. Like maybe I I did not follow I Vampire, mm-hmm. but it was one of those things that it's one of those books that I'm like I really should I want to pick it up and trade, 
You know, I do want to read those because it was, I did like that first issue. I think I read the same as you, two and three. And I did really like those. And I don't want to take it away from that guy as a, as a, as a writer. Um, but yeah, I would like to check those out. He's up against, I think, a bigger, just yeah. a bigger name. Yeah, I understand that. And, uh, but I just oh, want I like to give the, my. I like the promise that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, me too. I think down the road he's going to be somebody who's going to be a higher tier, a higher tier writer. Grant Morrison versus Scott Snyder. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go yep. take a whiz, and I'm just going to say Scott Snyder. You guys discuss. Paul, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? I think this year has been tough for Grant Morrison because he's wrapping. It feels like he's been in that final leg of the race for so long. Like, he kind of feels like, I don't know if it's just uh, reader fatigue or writer fatigue that's been happening but Action Comics has been kind of plodding along since the first story arc, which was awesome, of telling the first time that Superman kind of be, is Superman in Metropolis. Uh, but since then, the book has kind of like been kind of silly with how they're introducing all the different villains. It hasn't been really working for me. Whereas Scott Snyder has been kicking butt. Yeah. And taking names at reintroducing all the villains in the Batman universe. He's basically doing for Batman. Through the eyes of the Joker. He, he's done for <laughs> Batman what Jeff Johns did with Green Lantern almost. Mm-hmm. He, he He's not reintroducing him, but reinventing him. <laughs> I'm back. Did we settle on Scott Snyder? <laughs> not <laughs> quite yet. We're kind of getting there. I was talking about Grant Morrison feeling on like a non-celeste likes and wrapping up his story with... Uh, for Batman, his like seven-year opus yeah. of Batman in Batman Incorporated, and finally feeling like, oh yeah, that is an important book, because we felt like since the New Fifty Two, Grant Morrison, since the start was like, oh no, he just writes whatever he wants, and his stories won't matter to the New Fifty Two. But he has Multiversity coming out sometime. Yeah. I don't even know if that's going to happen. I don't even know that's, if DC knows. That's, yeah. But that's something for... Yeah, later. For but, for next year's. But it felt like Batman Incorporated didn't matter up until last week. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I it think also like it time. is... And I think it's something that you've said. You are picking up his action comics. Mm-hmm. I bottom of your, that already. Bottom yeah. of your pile, you weren't you weren't reading. You know, you'd glance through it or you would mm-hmm. you you would read it. It's not like those first couple issues... Yeah. Of it from last year. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's a big thing. It's yes, he had a big marquee moment with killing Robin, but you, you kill a major major character like that or second string character like that, it is going to be big news. Everything that Scott Snyder does, he just keeps one upping what he's done last year. He one upped it with everything yeah. he did with Joker. I think this is a good matchup just for how big Grant Morrison was to Batman like five, six years ago between the death of Bruce Wayne with Final Crisis. Even his and like, then, start uh, of his RIP. Batman run with the you know, Man Bat serum and introducing Damien and you know, being like, Oh man, a grizzled man bat reminds me of Ma Hunkle's turkey. Like all that kind of stuff. He brought in like a different a pulp fun to Batman. Hmm. Which was sorely missing in Batman for so long. A lot of long. that was and now, based off of that 
early 40s, yeah. 50s Batman. Like, that's what he was like, no, let's harken back to this, but do it in a modern mm-hmm. And it was time. great. And now Scott Snyder's like, dude, Batman is kind of scary. And he's got horror elements, like, all his villains are freaking creepy. They should creep you the hell out. And he's brought that. And I think that's why I said, like, I don't know if it's reader fatigue or writer fatigue. Like, a, you bring, you know, it's that freshness that I think Scott Snyder's bringing. And that, like, anti-freshness that, the anti-freshness life equation that uh, Grant Morrison <laughs> is bringing, apparently. Yeah, I think I think Scott Snyder is another sure pick for this one. Did you cut yourself again? No, it's just blood from before. Oh, huh. uh, no, I did. <laughs> oh. Stop playing with those caps! Apparently you're getting into the red, much like Jeff Lemire does. And Brian Azzarello. Oh, this should be a tough a, one for Paul. A <laughs> tough, gritty time with Wonder Woman. I'll start this one off because I know Paul's going to need some time to think about it. I've enjoyed what I've read of Wonder Woman. I haven't read too much. I've honestly read her wrong too. I know, and that, that's not, like I said, like last week or the week before. I I would buy the trade. Like if I see it on the shelf, I'll pick it up. I, I said the same thing. But Jeff Lemire, I've really enjoyed everything I've read from Justice League Dark and now Green Arrow. Like I've read the first two issues of his run, and that's the Green Arrow book that. Hey, if that had been there with the new Fifty Two when it started, I would have kept buying Green Arrow. Yeah, me too. Jeff Lemire for me. Uh, I'm gonna have to go. Uh, Paul, you go. <sighs> say what? You no, need, no, 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 no. Because no, say what you need to say. If about... you guys are gonna just spooge all over Jeff Lemire, then I can just talk about Brian Azzarello. Yeah. So without I'm, needing that's what to I'm talk saying. about you, Jeff Lemire, you you talk about Brian Azzarello because <laughs> you need to. And then I'll just be like, uh, I'm uh, Jeff Lemire, and then we can just be done with it. Because Chris, Chris, so John just is like, uh, Jeff Lemire. Chris, Are you Chris, done with Jeff? Chris, Chris nailed it. I, okay. He's someone who brought. I, I know. I, I put it to you, but I'm just going to say what I want to say good, anyways. Good, good. You were, you're already getting to it. Exactly. Why do you just so, say it? I know. It makes him feel better for a second. No, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but Jeff Lemire just he wrote the Justice League Dark that I wanted from issue one. And Green Arrow, the exact same thing. It it's just the book that I want. Brian Azzarella has been doing a great Wonder Woman, bringing these, making Wonder Woman a relatable character, somebody that wants to be a lone wolf but keeps on picking up, you know, members of people around her, and extending this like great cast around her, but also being a warrior badass that's not afraid to kill. But she's going up against monsters and, you know, crazy stuff, so it's okay. So she can still be that superhero DC needs her to be. And I think that's a really tough line to walk, and Brian Azzarello has been walking that line for over 18 issues and has been doing a stellar job at it. But Jeff Lemire has been doing a stellar (laughs) job on, you know, every book he touches. Now Green Arrow. Justice League Dark when he took that over. Because that was a book John hated up until Jeff Lemire took it, took over. So, uh, Jeff Lemire it is. And we have one more beer before we start getting into our talk of artists. Do we want to... Greedy. And this does not fit into our Irish beer, but... <laughs> this is something that the, like, Chris and I both saw and we like, have to have it. And when I took my first sip... 
I was just like, oh my God, this is one of the greatest beers I've ever had. And I said immediately, Paul would love this. And Paul just took a sip. It's a sweet, hoppy, floral, honey flavored beer. All those things that I say that I would like in a, in an IPA is here, but it has this sweetness. It has this aroma. It has this alchemy to it. And you haven't said the name. I haven't said the name. And this is Alchemy Hour Double IPA from Great Lakes Brewing Company. I have to say this is probably my favorite beer from them. Yes. I love the Lake Erie Monster, but this is just a step beyond that. Like the Lake Lake Erie Monster, Monster, I would put at a 10 because it's one of those beers that I see it, I will buy it. This, though? Is an 11? It's up, up to 11. Well, Lake Erie Monster is like that hoppiness, that pine hoppiness that punches you in the face and doesn't let go. Like, this is like smooth and sweet, but still hoppy. And 9.4% alcohol. It will get you fucked up. (laughs) It's so good, though. Like, after we got back from the beer store, John popped open one of these, and he took a sip of it. And then he's like, you got to try this. And I took a sip, and I was just like, how is Great Lakes making a beer this good Mm -hmm. after I love the Lake Erie Monster so much? And I was like, this is the best they're ever going to do. Like, they cannot top this. Why are they making other beer than this? Uh, Yeah, why (laughs) is this thing? Why is it this year-round? And this, this, uh, on the bottle, it says best to serve about 45 degrees. This is probably, I'd imagine, 55 degrees, maybe closer to 60, somewhere in there. And if I went to work, I have one of those laser, like, thermal guns. That oh, I, really I was thinking of. actually about buying one of those so we can tell exactly how hot, how hot our beer is. Um, but this is just amazing. And I probably was halfway through this beer two nights ago playing the new Tomb Raider game. And I noticed when I kept moving the camera around, I was feeling extra dizzy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, I'm halfway through this beer and I'm feeling it. Um, because it is, it's something that goes down way too smooth for the alcohol content mm-hmm. on it. But this beer is just amazing. It's so good. And it's something I, like, I, 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 I wanted, I sent you a thing uh-huh. right away on yeah. Facebook about it. And then I wanted to drive over and give you a bottle, but I probably would get pulled over for driving over there. <laughs> I hope this isn't like a limited release, seasonal. I I want this around constantly. Uh, I I yeah. this is probably I bought Lake Erie Monster a couple of times, but I would anytime I I would just buy this anytime I saw it. Guys, this is this podcast is costing me a lot of money right now. <laughs> I gotta go buy the wrestler. I gotta buy this. Like. Uh. I gotta buy new beers for the next week. How can I do that when I have this to buy? (laughs) No, so many good beers to buy. This beer is fantastic. They can they can drop some of their other beers that aren't as good, like the Holy Moses or the Doppelbach. I do like the Holy Moses. It's when you're like there's places that don't serve other Belgian beers. (laughs) Buffalo's best grill. What did we decide we were gonna call it? What was beer? Brugatory? Yeah. Brugatory? Uh, Brugatory. Brugatory is pretty good, but we were calling it Birgatory. 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 Does, are we going to call it Brugatory? It sounds better than... Okay. Yeah. Brugatory. Brugatory. I'll have to remember that for next time we Brugatory. decide to say it. Uh, 
there is a bar actually. Uh, it's called Buffalo's Best Grill, and they don't have any other Belgian beers except for Holy Moses. And Holy Moses is a okay. It, it's but Belgian. when you compare it to yes, anything you like Omega Gang, like it's... yeah, it doesn't hold the flame to it. But yeah. I want more of this. But, yes, the Alchemy Hour, double IPA from Great Lakes Brewing Company. Cleveland, we thank you. And they, they, they say this up, like, you know, they're on their quest for the liquid gold. They've they've made it. Because this is a great color, too. It's like a reddish-orange. I don't know. Copper. It's no, like it's, a coppery color. Yeah. Is it reddish-orange? I'm it sorry, is. guys. I yeah. should not have mentioned color because I can't see it. No, but, you, you're, you're spot on there. I Thank I you. think oh, awesome. I think this is probably no, I didn't say you're awesome. I said you were correct with this, your gauging of the color, Paul. This has probably got to be <laughs> my I felt awesome because I actually got color right for the first time ever in my life. And you were just guessing. Uh this is probably my favorite double IPA I've ever had. It's so damn good. This would be it's a 10. It's so drinkable. It is it is. It's a 10 and I have to say it might be up there is probably my favorite IPA. And I'm I'm the IPA guy on this podcast, and I absolutely love this. I I think I would take this over a flower power. I had two pints of flower power like two three days ago, and I'm trying to just get into that mind frame of having a flower. A flower power. power is good. It is right up there with flower power. It is. This I has think, more of that. Yeah, like that honey. Yeah, it, but it has Sweetness. that floral. It has it like, has see, the with the flower gamut. power. I like that grapefruit though. Yeah. Like that's why I like about flower power. Like they're both great. It has I, that bite at the back. End, yeah, at the back. This has no bite on the back end. But and it's, it's more percent alcohol oh. though too. I know it's so yeah. weird because there's no dragon breath on it. I love this so much. I'm so I sad. know that's how the curmudgeon was too though. The curmudgeon, yeah, curmudgeon was so nine point eight and it just went down so smooth. I like this beer so much. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know my glass will be empty soon. You know what's sad is who we're going to be picking for the rest of this because we all have great writers here. So let's go hop right back over to Marvel. Yeah, we're not uh, doing any of the artists right now. We will be saving that for a That's going to be 163.5. It might be. Or 164. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. It depends on scheduling of uh, things coming up. But um, we are going right to the writers again over at Marvel. So we have Dan Slott versus Jason Aaron. Ooh, that's that's a good pick too. Both like the way that lined up, they're both really fun writers, and they bring fun and funny to the book. Each book, they are what you want from that kind of doing an offbeat comic. Yeah. Um. Boy, I think I have to say Aaron. Really? Because I have to say slot. I would. Uh, Aaron made me read a Wolverine book, which I thought I never do. Dan Slott made me read a Spider-Man book that I guaranteed that I would never do again <laughs> after one and more day. That's and that's what's I think going to push me towards Dan Slott. I love what Jason Aaron's doing on Wolverine and the X-Men. Okay. I have since that book came out. I will continue to. But what Dan Slott's doing on Superior Spider-Man right, right now made me buy a Spider-Man book for the first time. Probably about like six, seven years. Yeah. Also, I really love Dan Slott's work on She Hulk. And you did. You and did. thing. So there's a little bit of that layover love that I'm having. And uh, you know what? Not not to, uh, for my vote. Not to take anything away from Dan Slott. Like I I enjoyed him. I picked him. I picked him the first mm-hmm. round. 
I didn't pick Aaron the second, you know, for against Killian, but I. We both are great. Well, we understand, but now you have to choose between Mark Wade and Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> oh. Um. Do you want me to go first since you guys yeah, have a little I bit more invested? Yeah, I think we like. We've, I finally converted one person I, to I, like Hickman. <laughs> I, I always I like Hickman. Like, I feel like my pick's going to be really easy because you know where I'm going to go right from there because I don't buy any Hickman books. Well, you're I, wrong to do so. I read wrong to what do Paul not. says, hey, check this out, or we're going to do this for Bag and Bite or Look Back. I've been there for Mark Wade's Daredevil since issue number one. I was there when they said he was going to be doing Fantastic Four. I... I have to give it to Mark Wade just because he he gets that Daredevil book it, as much as Brubaker did. They're very different, but they're but great takes on the character. This is that Daredevil book that I you probably would have had this if you were reading Daredevil in like the seventies. Like it's a superhero book, but there's that fun. To and it. it's it's a better it's, still, it's a better seventies book than what you got in the seventies. Yeah, it, but it, there's still like that little bit of like crime to it. So, Paul, you take Hickman, and then I'll be the tiebreaker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and here's how I'm taking Hickman. You know, Hickman is a full meal. When I talk about comics, sometimes I talk about having a full meal. You know, having to read and reread and just enjoy it and just dissect it and just love every bite. Where Mark Wade love, love every sip. I'm sorry. I'm still. Yeah. I'm still stuck on the Great Lakes. Mark Wade on Daredevil is great, fun book that has surprises in it. It is having a great hot dog with sweet potato fries and realizing that you can order a milkshake that's not just chocolate. Paul might not give just me the peanut pick butter. Wade on this. <laughs> I, see, I, know, <laughs> but, I was like, but, I don't know who's going to go for it. But now. a chocolate peanut butter milkshake, and it's just. It's fun, it's great, and there's a little bit of a surprise. Oh, I can mix the flavors of milkshake, and I can get it malted. And you're oh, not you always charge, go malted. And you're not going to charge me extra for it? This is extremely long-winded. But I love a full, complex meal more than the hot dog, sweet potato fries, and milkshake, even though I will always eat that meal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like... You, you have that on your menu. You eat that meal with a comic book in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and be happy about it each and every time. But, yeah, I have to go just love savory full complexity. I love Jonathan savory Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> yep. Chris, when was the last time I asked you to borrow a Daredevil comic? I don't remember. Paul, when's the last time I asked you to borrow a Jonathan Hickman comic? Uh, just a couple of minutes ago, I believe, when you were saying you, you, you wanted haven't to read been reading Daredevil, though. Yeah, you haven't been passing it off, and I, I, I have nothing. Asked, so. I have, I have nothing against. I have nothing against okay, Wade I'm on sorry. this. That was just me trying to pull you over. Right. right. John has said every time he's uh, said for anybody, and it's been a tiebreaker that he has nothing against a person he did not pick. <laughs> no, you know what? Because they're all, they all they really are, are really great good. writers. I don't think and anybody I think believes that you're against anybody, John. I, I don't. I'm think worried I, about this. I'm worried about this very much so. Because I, I hate Jonathan Hickman. That's why I pick Mark. <laughs> because he lied to Paulo Rivera saying he won last year when he didn't he win. Won, he won the Marvel won, side. No, you said he won overall. Yeah. He won the Marvel I side. I was nervous talking to J, him. J.H. Williams won overall, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I was nervous oh, talking to him. Stay tuned for the artists next episode or next time, whatever we wind up doing. Um, yeah, next time. But I, 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 I have to give this, I have to give this to Hickman because as much as I do like 
wait on Daredevil. He's the best thing that's ha- happened to Daredevil in a long time. And I would take since going blind. I would take I would take Wade over Brubaker on Daredevil. I would. And I've even I've even talked about um somebody who was um just recently really really getting into Batman and he said you had to take out you had to check out Wade's uh did Wade do Long Halloween? No, that was Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. I always get those two confused. I don't know how. Wade's so much better. Right? Um so that whole what I just said never mind that. Uh I got to give it to Hickman. All right. Scott Liddell versus Jeff Jones discuss. This That's is really this That's is really between the here's, two of us. Here's the yeah. I I I'm going to put it this way. Okay, go. You put it this way. Now. Um, I've been reading and enjoying Aquaman. I've read and enjoyed his Superman. Red Hood and the Outlaws. I'm there every month. I ask you for that issue. I want that issue. Issue four or five after the um Dark Side attack. It's kind of where I broke off from Jeff John on uh, Justice League. And I didn't start picking up and reading and asking you for those issues till he brought in Shazam, which is a character that I love and, you and love like. Black Adam, too. I love Black Adam. I want those black... I want Black Adam back in Marvel continuity. Like, I want him there. But DC I, continuity. DC. What did I say? Comics? DC. You said Marvel continuity. Yeah. Did I? Well, that's yeah. weird. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna say Scott Liddell. He has made me read and buy Superman issues. I did not think I would ever be willing to do that. And it's him and, and his artist, but it's him. Like, I enjoy his writing. I kept up with when Keith, uh, Kenneth Brackenford left um, Red Hood and the Outlaws, I stayed with that book because I did really like it. So I'm going to say Scott Liddell. I, I enjoy Justice League. I've been reading it since it came out. It's one of those books that I always go towards because it's that big blockbuster superhero book. I enjoy those Aquaman issues that I've read. Justice League of America is pretty good. I like... Green Lantern. When I see Red Hood and the Outlaws out, though, I read that book. I haven't read the Superman stuff yet. Uh, I knew you were going to buy it, so I was kind of like, eh, but I'll pick it up eventually. I really enjoy Red Hood and the Outlaws. I like Teen Titans, but Red Hood and the Outlaws is enough to kind of... Just the feeling of that book... Even from the get-go, the excitement of it, I, I would have to go Scott Liddell F over Jeff Johns. Issue one had me. Um, I was sad to see that he was leaving the book, but I was also happy to see that James Tillion... Is it Tinian. The, Tinian, the third or the fourth? Fourth. I was glad to see that he'd be taking it over, because yeah. he's someone who I think would do it justice after what Liddell did. Uh... Not really breaking news, but this is just kind of coming out now. Marvel's going to be doing a weekly comic book series called Infinite Comics. Uh, the first part of it is going to be a Wolverine book written by Jason Aaron. 
Oh. It's going to be a 13 part Wolverine. So that'll story be done called. in like two months, then, right? It's it's going to be weekly. So yeah. three, <laughs> three months. It's called uh, Wolverine: Japan's Most Wanted. But that's kind of mm. cool. Yeah. Infinite Comics. Yeah. Snap Judgment on board. Paul. Yes. John. Yes. Then I won't buy it, but I would be yes. <laughs> uh, you remind me I'm to sorry, order. Did you guys it. say Scott Lodell or Scott Lodell? Scott Lodell. Okay. Surprising. Yeah. Um, just remind me to order that book. Or you order it and then just charge me e- for Either it. one of us, I think. No, because, no. hey, Wait. there's something you'll probably hear about in a look back. Or Bang Board Vice, or probably both, if it's going to be a weekly series. Jeff Lemire versus Scott Snyder. Oh. oh. Paul, you go first. He makes Animal Man <laughs> relevant. <laughs> Jeff really? Lemire. Yeah. You, Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Chris, go. I'm Justice League Dark. Is, this... Justice League Dark might be made into a movie before Justice yeah, but League. I, I, Justice League Dark is being made into a movie because those the 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 director Guillermo and, del Toro. Yeah, Guillermo that, that's del Toro, where he goes. He yeah. loves those characters in it, and he's going to be tying in more characters from. Um, Makes Al- Animal, Mel- Animal Man relevant again. Then go. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I just want to keep I was, going. You need to try to pitch here's, me no, here's to get me to Scott Snyder. Here's the thing. I was hoping to drag that out that whole, like, Paul, really? Really? Really talk a little bit more because, granted, I, I only read Batman. I don't buy Justice League, Animal Man, uh, Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys buy those books. I'll read them. I really enjoy them. Oh... Uh, it's three books to wanna, one. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say this because I feel like everything we've done for the now, past year. Scott Snyder, maybe false. next year, you know, with his Superman run, I want to see him on other books. I want to see him stretch. I ordered that uh, Superman book, by the way. Like because Jeff Lemire has now gone from doing really ho- crazy, over the top crossover with Rot World, just coming out of that, and then hitting you hard with the. Aftermath of Rot World, taking Buddy Baker. I always not Barker, say, not Barker, which I usually say Baker. Check out Bag Bird Bites for yeah, more. I always screw up. <laughs> uh, Baker to a really difficult place. And also, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable with saying this, Paul. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, um, cut me off. As much as Scott Snyder came out of the dark from Gates of Gotham onto Batman, mm-hmm. or and then Detective Comics, as Paul yeah. like to point I didn't out. read that. Like Gates of Gotham for me was Ga- like Gates my of first Gotham is where he really that, hit that was, it. Like you're like, who's this guy writing this book? That was, that was my first foray into Scott. Snyder. And I didn't, I didn't enjoy. I, I think I gave you my a, issue. A, a one. Batman book's a Batman book. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but you know what, Jeff Lemire. I'm the one you need to sway on this. I'm. I'm not, guys, I don't care. I'm. So you guys still realize that you know. Uh, Gordon Jr. is running around and is crazy? Yes. Okay. I Because I've read other stuff online. I haven't read the books, but I've heard that. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> James Gordon Jr. is still out there somewhere. Um, Jeff Lemire, he's picking up more books and doing them well. That alone is enough to make me say, like, oh, yeah, Jeff Lemire, because... I might not buy those books, but it's because I know you guys 
will, and I'll be like, hey, can I can I steal this? And I'll, I will read it. Mm-hmm. John? Are you Jeff? You Jeff Lemire? I, I went Jeff. Were you not paying attention? You're, you're gonna have to listen to episode number one sixty three to find out my pick. Go, John. <laughs> um, I know your phone is fancy and awesome. Who well, I'm trying to find? I'm trying to find the book that's coming out. That's it's a more independent book written by Scott Snyder. That I was like, not severed. Not, not severed. I. I read Severed in a, uh, in a... It's called Suicide Risk, the one from Image? Yes, yes. from Image. Um, this this brain up here, guys. Yeah. I might crap. not remember anything else. But, but random Image comic books. book crap. Random, right? I, I'm usually, I usually write down in my calendar on the book that's supposed to come out on Wednesday on Sunday so I know to review it um, or bring it for the list. And I'm... I'm going to give this to Scott Snyder. Seeing that he is going to pick up a new story, I'm on board. I know that both Chris and Paul are buying the Batman that I can borrow from either one of them. I bought the, I bought Severed. Like I'm, I I don't make a lot of money. I'm not going to spend that extra couple bucks for a hardback Mm -hmm. to get Severed. I bought it. I, as soon as Chris, Gave it to me. He's like, here, this came in your pick. I read almost half of it. The next day, I finished it on my lunch break, and I was late coming back from my lunch because I was like, fuck you and your chicken. I'm going to finish my book. And Scott Snyder's my boss now. Scott, Scott Snyder, I picked up this book. I saw that Chris wasn't ordering it, and I was like, boom, I'm there. Scott Snyder. All right, so that leaves us with a semi- Finals or the conference finals. Uh, Dan Slockford is with Jonathan Hickman. And you guys know my vote. I think you know mine. Yep. Hickman, slot. I, I, I go slot. I, I'm going to go Hickman. I am more likely to take the Wolf. new Avengers Fuck over you, Superior Spider Man. I want to read them yeah. both. I, they're, they're both very strong contenders, but Hickman. That, that, that's it's, tough. It is a tough. It's fun versus heady. Because it's fun. And some of that made us believe in Spider-Man, get us to buy Spider-Man yeah. every other week now, mm-hmm. versus another writer that's I'm, been a mainstay on the big broadcast. I'm buying Avengers three times a month now. <laughs> <laughs> There's one week that I get Avengers holiday that's, from. Yes, because Avengers ships bi-weekly, and then new, our new Avengers ships bi-weekly. I forget which one ships. New Avengers. New- New Shifts Avengers is month, monthly, and then Avengers is bi weekly. Yeah, every other week. You know, you almost swayed me to slot with your talking. <laughs> Whoa, almost. But uh, Scott Liddell versus Jeff Lemire. Wow. Yeah. I did not expect that. This I have to of... go Lemire. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, this is one of those picks that they're both writers that have kind. They've risen. Yes, they have. They, they've really and made Liddell's a mark. Liddell's been around forever. Yeah, He's he been was writing X Men in the nineties. Um, I've been he following. Wrote, I was reading Alpha Flight from him for Marvel in the early two thousands. I've been, I've been, I follow Liddell on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, he's really kind of fun to follow on both. And his brother posted on on Twitter a picture of him signing comics in the nineties next to Stan Lee, and the guy looks just elated. He's just like. <laughs> Like, 
Eugene Parmesan. And it's just like, oh, this is the craziest <laughs> thing ever. That just happened, listeners. And that's an inside joke between the three of us. Uh, who's Steve Parmesan? <laughs> and I don't. I honestly don't know where you're gonna go with this, John. I, I am. I think Liddell's been around. He's been around for a while. I never, I never took any interest. I didn't even know who he was till this moment. He makes me read Sp- uh, Superman, and I've looked into back issues of what he's been writing, and I want. I wanted to know more about. It. He hasn't written like a lot of interesting, great things, more independent things. Jeff Lemire has. When I've looked into those, they haven't interested me. Uh, Stray Dogs, Underwater Welder. I've looked into those, but I haven't bought those. I would be more inclined to buy Liddell, and I'm actually gonna go Scott Liddell on this. I'm the tiebreaker on this one. Yep. Oh, this is a tough spot to be in, but, oh, this is a lot I of I bought pressure. Stray Dogs, by the way. <laughs> I, I, look, I can't. I, I looked into it, and I didn't like the artwork. Yeah. And. It's his art. Yeah. I liked his art on the Batman, um. When you say his, you mean Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire. I, I enjoyed his, I enjoyed his Batman art on the, um, uh, you keep web... on twiddling your fingers no, at I'm me. No, I'm trying to figure and like the Pokemon Legends of the Dark Knight. Thing. The Legend of the Dark Knights, the online book. I bought that. I I bought a lot of those. I enjoyed reading those. This, I I thought while you were talking, it would give me a chance to decide. I just wound up listening to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I sway you in any way? No, because I I feel like just from that sheer like. I haven't read Jeff Lemire's indie art or indie works. I didn't even read the Vertigo book that he did. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. I didn't either. But just based off of his DC Universe stuff, I would put him just marginally, like ever so slightly above Scott Liddell. Like if I had to, oh, now that I'm saying like if I had to pick like Red Hood and the Outlaws versus all of Jeff Lemire stuff, which one would I buy? It probably would be the Red Hood and the Outlaws stuff. Take your time. This is Get hard. Right. I don't like this. How do you guys deal with this pressure? Uh, you buy Red Hood and the Outlaws for me. <laughs> That's true. If, if, okay. Those books, I'm, we're not living together anymore. We're not ordering through previews anymore. You have Green Arrow. You have like Justice Arrow. League Dark. Justice League Dark. I haven't read it in a while. I don't even know what's going on in it. Yeah, I actually... You haven't passed those off, so... I had to borrow... Uh, Does your Don, sister have those? Don or? hasn't been pulling mine, oh, so I, yeah, I grabbed, not... I grabbed like, three issues of Paul's. Okay. And since they've and been I in actually, this new star story arc, it hasn't been that great. And here's the say. thing. I didn't even realize I wasn't getting those until I was looking through Paul's stack, and I was Demonites like... Demonites is what you let your sister borrow, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, I, I let her... That's I, I let her read... Um, just as like dark too, because she likes Constantine. This beer is delicious. It's very mm-hmm. good. I just from that surprise standpoint when Paul like a year or two ago when we were at the 
Yeah, and he was talking about... He was like, Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire. And you like actually went over to the DC table, and there was like... You were talking to him, and there was nobody else there. Did I talk to him? You did. Uh, I was hopped up on painkillers. You you crutched up to him on your lightsaber and got an interview with him and then couldn't do the interview. That was a horrible experience. If you've ever... Don't go And that guy was like, that guy was like, you you want to do an interview with me? Don't ever go to a comic book convention two days after having surgery. That's all I'm saying. And you could tell you that. We told you yeah, that. Yeah, we, we also told you not to go off your pain medicine, but you did. But I, it, was my, it's it was making me to ra- really sorry. wrap up this, uh, Jeff Lemire. Like, really? Yeah. I really enjoy Red Hood and the Outlaws. I will continue to enjoy that book, but Jeff Lemire... When I see him on a book now, I take note of it. All right. Now, here's the... I, I'm, I'm the same way with both those guys. Here's the battle between the companies. Ooh. Ooh. Jonathan oh. Hickman versus Jeff Lemire. I'll, I'll go first because, for me, this is an easier pick. Because, as I have stated numerous times, I don't buy Jonathan Hickman books. If I had to pick between a Jeff Lemire book and a Jonathan Hickman book... I would go Jeff Lemire. Wow. Okay. Paul. He he gets he you guys. Gets, you can't point this to me right now. No, because Paul, like, no, it, Paul, I can, I it looks talk, like I wrote this right I can, now. I can talk looks, for another second, like to give you guys no, some more time. I, to think. No, no, no. We I don't know, need more time. We've oh, had then, almost two hours. Okay, go. I know who I'm gonna pick. I'm just Paul, saying. You pick your pick. It looks like I made this bracket and filled it out myself right now. It's crazy. because it's Lemire versus Hickman. But honestly, ah, Hickman does some great. Family, individual work. Hickman does some great big ideas, but also comes down and does great family work, which he did in Fantastic Four. There were real, true character moments that hit home for me. But that was last year. Everything you're saying about Hickman, I feel for Lemire, because I I get those same, like, great just character moments. He, everyone has a voice, and when I read it, it's... No, I'm reading Constantine right now. Mm-hmm. It it fits. I just wish Lemire was on a bigger book to really have would, an would, honest here's judgment between these two writers right now. Okay, because well, would you can, honest, can I can I can I can I throw this out there? Would you rather have Lemire on a big book or several mid tier smaller books knocking it out? That's what he has right now. I just that, that's what that's totally what I he know. has right now. That's what why I'm I presented is, it. Yeah, but what I'm he's saying, handling, he's I handling. think you missed what I was trying to say, which is I wish it's not even footing right now. Like because I got these guys. I, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this out there because he's I am probably more the tiebreaker, but you have Jeff Lemire being able to do, and he's this kind of writer who can do a dark and mystical book and do a total restart on like arrow that's going to be a little more dark and gritty like yeah you would We're like two issues in you yeah but yeah. those two issues are great, are great. they are great and i know and, and and here's the thing paul because i am i'm going you're going to know who i am at the end of this you have you are john you said so at the beginning of the podcast i know this from the beginning of this you know who i am going to pick but you have jeff lemire taking a dark and mystical book and making it 
really good. And being able to capture all the different voices on a team, a team book on the dark and mystical side. You're able to make a basically shitty book great by saying, okay, none of what you've read before really matters. This is where it's going to start. I'm going to interject Frankenstein wasn't bad, but it was the art it, that turned it was, you off. It was the it absolutely was the art that turned me off. I was behind. I thought Paul Cornell was on Frankenstein. No, Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell has been on Demon Knights. Oh, okay, I thought he did those two books together. No, he didn't. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could be wrong. It's okay. Uh, I'm totally wrong. But well, are you going to yeah. go back and? Jeff <laughs> Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. Absolutely. No. I mean, you I'm have. I'm also wrong you about have, Brandon Ralph. You have, I can be wrong. <laughs> you have Jeff Lemire writing. Are you saying Jeff Lemire's gay? <laughs> Je- Je- he wears glasses. He Wait, we're kid. all wearing glasses right now. He has a kid. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Lemire writing a book that I wanted to be behind. You had, um, J.H. Behind because no. they're so uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You had, uh, I can't think, um, the cover artists. The amazing, oh, J.G. Jones. J.G. Jones. You had J.G. Jones doing amazing covers for that book. And then you had such horrible artwork on that book that it made me go cry. It made me cry. I, I could not, I could not put my 299 behind that book because of how horrible that artwork was. But you have a guy that comes on and fixes problems he wouldn't be good on he probably he could probably be good on um, better but on bigger books but this is the guy that comes in and, and saves books two books so far for you for me and yeah. he he really has he's he saved green arrow he saved justice league dark he's brought in this great voice for these characters and I'm not saying that the Jonathan Hickman isn't a great writer, mm-hmm. but he spent a lot of time on Fantastic Four. Yeah, he is a great voice for these guys. He nobody got, thinks you vote, vote he for got somebody me, is a vote against somebody. No, no, I know, but it it, it is in a way <laughs> you always like. Yeah. Nobody's saying this. <laughs> nobody's saying this. I'm not saying I, this against this guy. I love this guy too. It's just I'm the middle of the road guy in this podcast, uh, but. But Jonathan Hickman coming in and writing a crazy out there book is what he does. Right. Coming on to Avengers and New Avengers and writing two different books that are both crazy and out there is normal for him. But still having those great character moments. It, yeah, it is. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it, it is. It is having those people it, around it, the table and discussing things that makes New Avengers. It, it is. But it's capturing the voice, doing all that really great, doing all that, all that Constantine stuff, mm-hmm. bringing in the fact that he's got the gauntlet and shoulder armor of demon knights. Yeah. Of, uh, uh, of the, of the, the demon. Etrigan. Etrigan. You know, like that stuff is cool stuff. He got, he got, Constantine, for me, a huge mm-hmm. Constantine fan. And they couldn't get Constantine in the Hellblazer book for me. The fact that he's coming in at number one on Constantine and kind of getting this writer 
hey, yeah, you might not be aware of what Constantine should be. This is the voice. This is where you need to go. He's got me. My vote still goes with <laughs> Jonathan Hickman, though. But no, uh, Jeff Lemire. Const- uh, guys, I, know I was who, championing. I him know who Jeff Lemire years. is because of you. For years, yeah. And so I can't be upset about this bracket. It's at a all. great bracket. It's it a really great is. bracket. I did. I did not think it's in the Dan's, world that it would come down Dan to Slott, who wrote She Hulk and the Thing. Both series that I love versus Jonathan Hickman, <laughs> right? It really is. Paul's a entire huge... comic book reading career has led to this moment. <laughs> the only thing that and Scott like, Liddell is crazy. versus Jeff Lemire, like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, so Jeff Lemire wins it. Great. I think this really is Paul's bracket. <laughs> it is, <laughs> except for the, the Scott Liddell, because I'm like a, a Scott Liddell. Of... I don't know. Whatever. I threw out my sheet, but a lot of these creators I had on my list because they have come out of not nowhere, but from where they were when things started off with their careers at DC or Marvel to where they are now. They have progressed. There is a lot more stuff that they've done. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad the way this worked out because I thought it was going to be Scott Snyder and Jason yeah. Aaron again. Yeah. And, and then I'm glad that it went somewhere else. I'm glad that it's Jeff Lemire. I'm glad that Scott, L- that Scott Liddell came there. I'm glad that Hickman, I, I really, after last week, I was like, oh, Hickman's probably going to win Marvel. And, and, and he did. Well, yeah. you've, you've heard our picks for writers. So stay tuned for our pick for artists, because who knows where that's going to go. Or if you disagree with us at all, we have a post about this episode on Facebook. You can comment there. You can send us an email where? Contact at BaggingBoardcast.com or email us individually, either Chris, John, or Paul at BaggingBoardcast.com. Don't do John. He doesn't check. I I check his every now and then. And also uh, remember, we're on Twitter at BaggingBoard.